With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, I'm not Dan Kennett. I'm Gag Standen, and I am hosting the Under Pressure podcast after another bit of a break. And um, I'm not joined by the A-team, but they're pretty much the A-team, because I'm not in the A-team anymore. So it's um, we didn't think we were going to get him, but we've got Darth. Darth, how are you doing, mate? I think I'm here, Gags. Just about. <laughs> you are. From a, I'm on a from an attic. From an attic near. <laughs> I'm in the attic. He's on a hot spot. Um, he's actually sitting on his roof. I have a broadband outage. <laughs> trying to get a signal. But like in the old days, we used to hold up the TV aerial <laughs> to try and get an analog signal. I'll tell you what, you sound good, though. So that's good. That's the main thing. The attic Thank of the you. Death Star. Anyway. Absolutely. And um, we're also joined by Rhodesy. How you doing, Rhodesy? Good man, that was a stressful hour and a half there that we've just had trying to sort this out. Yeah, but at least we sorted it. That's the main thing. We're we're not late at all. How good is that? And we have Bartsy as well. Bartsy, how you doing? Not bad, mate. Not bad, mate. I was going to say our own very own wizard Kenneth is in the attic, not under the stairs like Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Phil, first time me and you putting together, is it? Seconds, probably Second. first since the, since the start of the season, yeah, probably. Yes, yeah. very good, very good. We have a lot to cover, so I'm not going to waste any time. Normally we have some cricket banter, there's not much England in disarray, you know, so there's no point talking about that. But um, yeah, we can talk football, we should stick to the football. First game up is Leicester. We don't have Sai to talk about lineups and game plans, so I'm kind of going to throw this at you, Bart. Unfortunately. Um. Uh, no, no worries. Uh, I think we normally look at it in terms of rotation, as you know, Gags. You know, I know you're an avid listener. Um, I think for Leicester, the the back four for us uh, was very much um, the go-to back four, if you like. He's a big games coming up, so you know what Klopp's like. He tend, tend, tends to go with that, and, he, and his goalkeeper in midfield. Um, you had probably a, a slight, slightly diff, um, different selection. Uh, first time looking at previous pods, we looked at the number of times combinations have been played together, and this was the first time that this combination had played together in a Premiership match. Um, and then up front, we gave a debut start to the new boy Diaz, and continued with Bobby and um, Jota. So fairly a, a strong lineup from us. 
with just the midfield there, which led us all to probably uh, have thoughts about Navi. We'll come on to that in the next game. Um, I might as well talk about Leicester as, as I'm here. Um, Le- Leicester was was sort of a bit of a surprise. Um, so they, they went with 4-2-3-1, which is something they do for about 20% of their games. The big difference with this one too was that they only they chose to play with only one centre-half, recognised centre-half, so they dropped an Ndidi into midfield, uh, not into centre-half from midfield. They also dropped Barnes and Tillemans for this game, having got beat at Forest, I think it was 4-1. Dakar and Inimacho seem to have been rotation up front, so that wasn't really a major uh, talking point, if you like, in terms of their um, selection. Um, but by moving Nidhi into centre-half, it meant it weakened the midfield. So the two who played the two sitters, 22 and 42, have played a combination of 20 minutes. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a very... Different, similar to the away game, as Kenneth has just pointed out. But in terms of their run of games leading up to this one, um, the Greek lad, I can't even sure, pronounce his name, had been playing as, as a centre half. So, yeah, it was a, probably a slightly slightly mixed up change from from Brendan there, which we can come on to whether it worked or not. You mentioned it; it's not on the agenda, but I'm going to talk about it. There was a lot of nabby fume at the start of this one um, when the lineups did come up, and I did have to kind of become Mister Calm Down Everybody in the chat. Normally, I'm the one reacting, but I was like, yeah. sorry, sorry, chill, man. There's three games in six days. Literally, he played this last Sunday. If he plays in the weekend, it's all okay. Yes. And I, I didn't really get a response, but I suppose, I suppose everybody kind of went, that makes a bit of sense, and shut up about it after that. I think for sure. I think for me, it wasn't, um, I'm always about roles, and CJ hadn't played this role the right side. I, that was more my worry. Um, you know, I thought he'd play, I think I said in the chat as well, I thought he wouldn't have been able to resist playing Harvey. You know, knowing what Klopp's like in terms of that kind of player. In terms of Thiago and Fab, they play those sides all the time. But CJ seems to be groomed to be playing this, uh, the connected role on the left hat, left eight. So for me to see him on the right hat was a little bit of a surprise uh, for him. Then not to go to his next two combination, you know, the the Harvey or Naby was like, OK, because they've probably played the right eight. But I, I understood your logic, definitely. And as proven, he was there. He played there, what, nearly 90 minutes on Sunday. So, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were also... Very surprised Thiago started because they didn't believe that Klopp would trust him straight away. But I suppose that was, uh, again, we'll go on to speak about it. And I think that was disproved as well. That yeah, he's got he's a world-class player, you know, world-class yeah. player when, he, when he's fit and he's ready as a team behind Klopp. Tell him sometimes he's maybe not listened to them, but for this one, uh, he did. And you put those two together as we'll come on to the, the impact of having those two playing together in midfield has. Yeah, no complaints from me. Uh, okay, Mr. Match Summary. Rhodesy. Well, it's a it's a superb one, to be honest. Um, I guess we can talk about game state and the amount that we created towards the end of the game, but in overall terms, um, non-penalty XG was 2.8 to 0.4, cost of six models, 22 shots to five, 11 shots on target to one. We very rarely have 10 shots on target in a game. Um, we've now had it in two of the last four, um, 16 shots in the box to one is the highest differential we've had all season, plus 15. Um, four big chances to one, there was three to what again, three towards the end of the game, so that makes a difference. But 51 penalty box touches to 11, um, one defensive error for Leicester, 
And the cost of models in four goal that is the highest at 3.3 and understand not two are the same at 2.73. Um our season metrics are superb as well still. Um, we're averaging 19 shots a game, we're only conceding eight. So it's 11 shot differential there, um, nearly seven shots on target a game and still nearly. We're up at 3.95 for big chances per game this season with a 2.4 differential. We're still conceding too many, um, 1.5 a game, but it was only one in this game and that was early on. And I'm not even sure that was that is isn't chance. Looked like a bit of a narrow angle to me. Um, so yeah, it was, it, was, it was an impressive performance. It really was. And it was all... Really, game state. So we got the. So we didn't have anything until the thirty odd minute. Um, it was, I think it was about not point not six after thirty minutes, and then we scored the goal, and then Leicester literally had nothing after the Madison chance early on, and I think that's the most important bit about this game because after that first goal, we just consistently started creating chances and didn't concede any. And it was about the control. It was we had a lot of slow possession, and then once it got to about the hour mark, we just cranked it up. So yeah, it was Brendan, some... Brendan Rodgers side, mate. <laughs> it was a Brendan Rodgers side, and you know what? We were we were a little bit. And now we lost the away game, but our stats in that game didn't deserve to lose. We were a little bit unlucky, I thought, in this game because um, there were times in that first before we scored. 30 minutes where we pressed so well to win the ball back and we just didn't have the final ball. And I think that carried on to Burnley as well, to be honest, at times. The, you know, sometimes Bobby's passing has let him down a lot. We should have had some numbers really for that, but obviously I'm a late goal. I, I but I, I think an interesting bit about this game is that in that away game, they broke us, and in the and in the, and in the League Cup game, they, they broke us down on the counter a lot. So it looked like we were trying to take the sting out of them after that initial, and we did. And we pressed them amazingly when we were, were on the ball, and we'll come on to that. But we controlled it, and it was the control in this game that was the main factor for me, because 11 shots on target to one, three XG to 0.4. This is exactly what you want. And once you get that first goal, we absolutely, they didn't have a sniff. There were little things like the Diaz in the first minute. Imagine if he just gets that touch right, because obviously he's probably excited as well. <laughs> Imagine if he just oh, touches that and blams it. You know, you know what I mean. Like you're just talking. It could have been six, seven, nil in the end because they would have. They've got no. They've got no balls like Brendan. You know this team, this Leicester team. They would crumble. Um, so yeah, first half. Um, Darth, let's come to you because you've not said anything. I know you're stuck in that attic as well. Hope you're not freezing your nuts off, but um, we'll get some stats on that later. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but any any um, any points on the first half and the general stats pattern of play and stuff? Yeah, be, just before we come on to the, the, we need to talk a lot about the pressing um, in this match. But um, just on the Madison chance, I mean, I saw at the time. You know, I just I didn't think it was a great one. I thought it was a half half chance. And me and Rosie were looking at this, and there was a big variety, wasn't there, Rosie, about how how highly that shot was yeah. rated. Yeah. Um. And then um, you know it went down as a big chance on the opta data and stuff like that. So, but just just to, just for people to understand a bit about how XG models work is that most models now take into account the preceding event, which leads up to the shot, whether you know whether it's a pass, whether it's a cross. Whether it's a, uh, in this case, through ball, through ball, yeah, 
the most valuable event preceding a shot is a through ball um because even from a wide area of the uh, a wide angle you know like if you think about go back get your school protractor out kind of thing back at, you know if you if you are at less than a 45 degree angle from the center of the goal like madison was um even off a through ball the shots there are still high value it's about it's about one in six chance 16 percent chance to get converted if you are past the penalty spot say about 14 meters or further out it's about uh, a 20 percent chance average conversion from a through ball and if you're closer in than the penalty spot it goes up to about 25% average conversion you know which which is which is really a big chance this is what we all say because the idea is a through, a through ball means um you're in space behind the defense you've got no pressure on you you've got direct line of sight to the keeper uh, and therefore you know you sh- you're reasonably expected to score so madison 16% would have been probably fairer if you look at the purely the understat data um but yeah so it's a, it's an interesting one um, but you know that was it for them. That was the most important thing, and I, I really think that the story of the game gags is, is is the pressing, isn't it? Yeah, it took me a, an age to collect this one. This one took three sittings: Friday night, uh, Saturday morning, and then went to watch a movie with the kids. Uncharted came back, finished it, and sent it off. Something like that. I think must it was be, like must that. Fun though, gags. Yeah, it was. Um, it was long. It was second half was really good. Second half was really good. First half, frustrating. The first 30 minutes, it's just, you know, you see a lot of uh, openings and um, just really frustrating that we didn't take advantage of a couple of them, especially when Thiago and Faber are, are covering each other so well and pressing together so well. It literally, you know, the combo of them is when they play together, You, if you keep an eye on them, guys, when you watch the games now... Um, when one of them breaks and the other one's just behind them, you'll see you'll see how much of a connect they are when they play together and how they press together when they can. And it's literally so difficult to get past them. If you've got past both of them, then you've then your quality you you deserve that respect as a player to get past both because it just it's just really really they're just connected. They just know what's going on. You add a nabby in there, and it's going to be something really special. So um, we'll go to that later though. Um, but yeah. It, it, it was a lot of fun second half when you're we just on, really just, turned you, it on. Yeah, yeah. yeah you Go have on. to look at Fabinho's, Fabinho's stats line and the pressing. is He, he, he had um, 26 presses. This is a fair amount for a centimetre. Not, not a huge amount. But 11 of those were high. what we call high value. Three led to shots, uh, two of which were actually big chances. Um Eight led to eight led to possession wins. Uh, he got seven direct possession wins, uh, uh, and and six led to counter attack situations. It's phenomenal, Gags, in terms of the quality he got from his press. Yeah, the, this was a this was a quintessential Fabinho game, where you just mm. watch and you just think, holy shit! And I think even the first few minutes, he was a bit shaky. After that, it was just the 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 Fab and Thiago show, you know. It just yeah. I mean, they, they need they deserve a a hashtag joint a joint <laughs> hashtag. I'm not even fucking joking. Like you know, you ship people together. Literally, these two deserve like uh, I don't know, Fabiago. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Fiago, you know, gags. We've got keep you up in listening live. And didn't he do an amazing uh, video about the interceptions? Yeah. And they all of just... them, all of all his all of his events. Absolutely, yeah, interceptions yeah. a little bit different to to pressing, but yeah, I get yeah, just being in the right place at a time. Tiago just seemed to be everywhere, didn't he? Just just mm. even when he turned up against Burnley, but we'll get there. But he just seems to right now know 
what he's doing. There was there was some doubts at the start when he joined, but he's had that time now to fit in, and he looks yeah. perfect. When he plays for us now, he looks perfect. His passing is glorious. His possession wins are glorious. It's just everything that he touches at the moment is turning to gold. Hope he can stay fit. That's all. But moving on, the, the, look at the chart. We're in the Discord chat, guys, and we're all in the AI live show chat, and we've put in the Papa chart here, Darth. And what? that is incredible. I mean, the first half there is literally, what, two-thirds yeah. of it in nearly the 98, what, fifth, sixth, seventh percentile. Yeah. I don't know, but it's right. that is, that's something else. I thought it was hot. And when Rhodesy, I told Rhodesy the numbers the other day, he goes, Jesus, that's, mm. you know, that's, that's Cause hot. Because it, yeah. it was 200, 200 presses on two-thirds possession. There's, yeah. there's, two, there's two things that strike me about that. It's that Dan had to change his graphic um, creation because usually yeah. the, the numbers are in the top right-hand side and they had to put them <laughs> in the top left. And then the other bit is we've never seen that much red in the top left of the one below it, which yeah, we've got the highest right. XG, uh, high presses, high led to shot, high possession wins, very high group presses, very high yeah. pressure gain. Oh, the summary is wow. unbelievable. Yeah. So... Just for newbies listening in, um, the Papa chart is stands for Papa stands for uh, possession adjusted pressing actions, um, and it's a measure of intensity. It's a proxy for intensity. It's like how often we press uh, opponents who have the ball, uh, based on how much the opponents have the ball and how many passes they make. And so it's it's not it's not a measure of quality uh, or anything like that. It's just a, a, a of intensity and work. Whereas the pressing dashboard, which is what Rosie was alluding to, is all our key metrics which we derive from the pressing, which we collect ourselves, um, and and how those how they compare in the match against all other Liverpool performances. And you know what stood out to me on this one, Gags, the group presses. It's been so long since we saw a, a big number on the group presses, and you know what, it was a hundred percent success of press efficiency on the group presses. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 59, we, 50. There was, we, there was even a triple more. in there, wasn't there? There was a triple there was. press on somebody. <laughs> I think it was early on as well. I was like, ooh, Darth's going to be happy. <laughs> That's <the first> thing. <laughs> I knew you'd mention it, Darth. Yeah. But I just, it just was, like I said, it's, it was a throwback to back yeah. in the day. And I think, you know what? If this is what we're going to get with rotating eights, then we're in for a fucking treat for the rest of the season. And I know there'll be some uh, opposition like Burnley where you don't get this type of uh, you know, uh, you know, a Papa chart because, or, or dashboard because the opposition just plays in a different way where it's not, it's a, yeah, it's not allow you to do it. There's not but, enough time to to get in a group to press if people don't want the ball, is there? It's no, opportunity just, based opportunities, you know, and that's what we've been, you know, saying yeah. from. Well, that's what Sai has been saying from the start. Yeah. I think is opportunity based, and Leicester love to give us that opportunity in, in this game. Uh, like you, you can see if you're in the AI live show chat, folks. This is one of the best in terms of everything. I don't think I don't think we've ever seen one on the dashboard like that with the with the, with the metrics. And the other things I want to call to people's attention as well is is is, is on the data viz is that the average pressing position is beautifully symmetrical. It's really it's in three clumps across the field: a central strip, a left hand strip with uh, Diaz and Robertson, and a right hand strip with with Trent, Mo, and and, and Harvey. Uh, it, it's absolutely fantastic. And the other thing metric which really stands out is how many of the presses we made were in chains and 72.2 percent of all the presses we made was in was in chains. Now, chain it is it is unreal um 
it's so so we had 100 and, 151 presses in total were in chains um and um what the chain is is where the the subsequent press is within uh, 30 meters and 3 seconds of the previous press and we've actually got a chain of eight, which we, due to all the technical problems pre, pre-part, we haven't actually had time to clip that, but hopefully we can get Rosie to clip it later. But uh, hopefully it was a nice one leading to a shot or something, Rosie. But yeah, yeah. tremendous yeah. catch. Chain of eight's a high one. I don't think we've had many higher than that. No. But yeah, look, you look at the individual performance as well. Um, Fabinho targeted Madison 11 times. That's a lot for a one-on-one dual gags, isn't it? Yeah, there was some big, there was some big deals, weren't there? Here, um, Fab, Madison, Diaz, Justin, and Robertson, Albright, and they were, it was all down that left side as well, really. The 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 wars, yeah. Um, and that was that was where obviously we thought that they could be dangerous. Their right, you know, yeah. our left, and um, and also where we could probably hurt them if we did break, because obviously we had Diaz's pace this time, and there was a couple of times where he did make that break, but um, again, like nothing came of him. But like like I said, this was um. If there was ever a game plan that you wanted, you wanted to work, this worked. Just a quick shame we didn't punish them, you know? Say quick, that again. Quick word, on, quick word on Jota, Gags, on his pressing as well. Um, we, we were all talking about the first half. He wasn't involved. He wasn't touching the ball until he scored, obviously. But if you look at it, yeah, tw- he was top presser with 29. Mm. 14 high-value possession wins. Yeah. 13, 13 possession wins from pressing. I know a lot of it was turnovers. Do you want to explain what a turnover is, Gags? For everyone, the new, yeah, new... a turnover is where... Basically, a player is really just honing down on a on the opposition, and they just hoof it, or they get rid of it because they're in a rush, and we basically pick up possession. So, due yeah. to that press, the ball's turned over. So it's not a direct possession win like we call it, but yeah. that's a turnover yeah. possession win. And well, um, yeah, and it's still it's still important because some of these they can get shanked straight into yeah. the middle of the park, and we break. So they're very important. Um, any kind of turnover in possession is important because if it goes to our centre backs and we reset the play, yeah. we've seen how we've destroyed teams in the in the last few weeks actually by keeping the ball and then scoring. So anything is a is is a plus. Keeping the ball, as we saw, saw as we see going into the next game, we'll talk about how important it was when a certain player came on. Keeping the ball against certain teams is the most important thing. So we, as much as we can, this is what the pressing does. It turns it over, gives the ball back. And it's, it's yeah, absolutely everything yeah, to I our game. A, I've got a question for um, for Bart, actually. Is that, you know, um, one of the things we're going to talk about in the next part is the whole risk versus reward. So this 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 game here, Bart, was very much the reward side, wasn't it? Because... The way that we position ourselves, we compacted the space, and if you look at the data, is where we pressed and the chains and stuff. It's we're playing in half a pitch. Yeah, for sure, and we, that's that. That is the exact. You know, we got massive reward out of that. Equally, if you look at the passing networks and the half space plots, we just basically didn't get, didn't let them get anywhere into position to, you know, the the half spaces in zone fourteen, which Madison likes to operate in. You know, it's not a shock to me that Fab targeted him and, and won the ball off him because when you're playing the four two three one, he is a key man for them. So Fab targeting him means that their play breaks down; they can't actually get into the areas to do us any damage. And we can, we're so compact that we then quickly move the ball forward. Thiago as well. The impact of him, we often talk about that on the progressive passes. We we had 71 progressive passes in this game, up from 50 on the previous league game. So Thiago, you know, target Thiago influence there. You know, final third passes, 147 up from 109 in the last league game. So some stats there in terms about how compact we were and the influence of having Thiago and Fab next to each other. One winning it 
giving it to the other to then recycle and create and move around. And I think if you look at Thiago play, I mean, I know we can wax lyrical about him all the time, but the number of times he plays a progressive pass just when somebody else will play a normal pass. And I can't underestimate how difficult that is to do. He just picks it up and plays it and splits two players. And straight away, that's a progressive pass. Whereas somebody else would just play it to someone else's space. It's a, it's a real art that he's got. Um, the other thing to note with him, just in terms of our passing, uh, this game was uh, we had an 8% long ball rate, which is our third lowest of the season. Which I think again says that we were compact. We didn't need to go along to stretch them. We were in that we we brought we shortened the pitch and we were quite happy to move it around and create opportunities that way. Absolutely. So just to finish off that first half, we get to set plays because obviously this has become somewhat of a um, a reoccurring theme, Darth. Yeah, it's a trend now, Gax. It's yeah. definitely a trend. <laughs> so um, we, we've taken, including Burnley, we've taken the lead in the last six matches uh, we've played, and five of them have been um, from set plays. And, you know, this is very much something we did in the title-winning season. Um, we, we, I think I think Sai said it was 14 times. And um, remember, we won the game. We effectively won the title after game week 24. And in those first 24 games, 14 times the first goal was a set play. Of some kind, and it was just this, it was just this, and and I think with this with this game gags, it was on the cards because let I don't know, did you see the the FA Cup game and they played Forest? It was poor, they, wasn't it? Dan? Oh, it was, oh, my word. They were I think I um I think I ch- I chucked a video in the chat before a game. I don't know what I was doing on Friday. I just was chucking around on Y Scout and I looked at all the chances they conceded from set plays and uh, corners. And the number of times they fail to deal with a second phase ball, i.e. when the first first initial contact has been saved or or, de- or defended, we then, the opposition team, then recycle the ball into another phase of play. So Leicester are particularly bad at doing that. Uh, if you watch the Forest game, nearly every time the ball was in the box, the set, they didn't, they dealt with the first phase, should we say, but the second phase was then regen and another chance happened, particularly over the, their right back's head uh, was a particular area of weakness. So yeah, it was... Yeah, I think it was on the cards that this was going to happen. I think you're right, Darth. Yeah, so the, just the numbers on that, Gags, are Leicester have got the most uh, set-play goals conceded in the Premier League with 21 and 18.8 XG from set-plays. That's the um, worst as well. And we've got the most set-play goals scored, though, with 23 and 21.6 XG from set-plays, which is the second highest behind City. Um, so, yeah, it's... It, it, it it wasn't a surprise, and and in this game, it wasn't just the actual goal we scored from 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 Diogo. It was the the number of times that Matip or or VVT is particularly just won the won the first ball into the box. Never mind the second ball, like we did with the goal, but they they won that first header every time. And there was so much danger throughout the match, and you know Leicester were a, a bit of a shambles. And the the thing which really blew my mind, the gags, was that stat which Infogol tweeted out um, over the weekend. And of all the teams who've played in the Premier League in the last 10 years, Leicester have now have the worst XG per game conceded. Even worse than teams like QPR. Remember back in the day, about 10 years ago, QPR. What the it, hell? It, it, I know, it's it's mad. They're, they're conceding over 2, two XG per game now. Um, 2. No team conceded to, has they? No, uh, no, no. Uh, the Villa, so um, Villa 19-20. Um, Scott conceded two point zero four. Okay. Uh, yeah, Fulham okay, eighteen yeah. nineteen. 
at 1.9. Um, QPR 14-15 season was 1.78. So I'll just put that in the chat now. It's just mind-boggling. We always used to talk about with Brendan with us, does he need a defensive coach, Gags? He, he's never he's never got to grips with it. I kind of found myself in a Rogers out hashtag uh, the other day. But I, I just realised... there? <laughs> I, I just realised something popped up on my timeline and I just realised... Jesus, this isn't us anymore. <laughs> this is someone else. <laughs> but yeah, it exists, folks. Getting the Rogers out. Hashtag and have a look. It's fucking nightmare. But yeah, they're at each other's throats. We've been there. We've done that. Thank fuck we're not doing it right now. Wasn't anyway. that whole team that conceded to the same team that Robo came from? Yeah, that, that was that whole team, yeah. 16, <laughs> whole. 2.02. Well, yeah. yeah. Mental. Um... So, we talked about the opening goal trend and uh, its importance. So, the season so far, we've talked all about that. There's Diaz and Jota next, guys. We need to go to Rodzi on Diaz, just, just for the seamless nature of how we, how we transitioned in Rodzi. <laughs> well, we're, have we talked about the goal? Well, it was lovely, lovely corner. Great header from Van Dijk. That probably should go in. And then... Lovely poaching from Jota. Um, but yeah, I, we, we, we've, we've signed a lot of players and some of them have come in seamlessly in, straight away and some have taken some time to get adjusted. You Robos, uh, Fabinho's. But wow, he, he just, in his short amount of time that he's been on the pitch, he looks so settled. And so good. And he offers so much threat in terms of how direct he is with the ball, his dribbling, beating players, his movement. He goes outside, he comes inside, they have no idea which way he's going to go. The fluidity then between the front three when he plays. So he, sometimes he turns up in the middle um, towards the end of the game. He was coming, it was off the, off the right coming in. It was just like, this. how, how well he settled gags is, is an absolute... Are you shocked? I'm a bit shocked. I mean, this is something... You think you talk about it on a pod? Saying you might just get five games this season and things like that, and that would be good? Listen to this quote. Listen to this quote. This is Klopp on Luis Diaz. I think it was today. His joy and his love for football is so obvious. In training, he cannot stop smiling. I have never had a player like this. It's crazy. We expect a lot from him. I have a good feeling it will be a really nice story for him at Liverpool. So Klopp is literally, you know, head over heels for him as well. He he just loves his infectious ways on the on the training pitch. And when you're like that as a player, you're going to find yourself into the the manager's plans very fast. And then also, like you just said, the settle the settling in period. Everybody literally idiot commentary commentators who you don't normally listen to. They're all like, wow. This guy, you know, or even all of them, they're all like, wow, this guy's just settled immediately. Because otherwise, normally there's a foreigner tax or there's a foreigner flipping, you know, kind of agenda always, especially with the hoddles and shit like that. But he was just like, whoa, this guy is unbelievable. He's come in, settled down, and he could have had a couple of goals. He should have had a hat trick maybe. But it just, he was second half. You know, there was something when you guys did the 
the Diaz lowdown or the Lewis lowdown pod and you were like, you know, averages four shots a game in the first half. He didn't really have a shot. I was like, what the fuck, man? He ended up having four <laughs> shots in the second half. I was like, there you go. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you. You just saved our pod. Thank you. But you no, know, what I was trying to get at is that literally the guy, once he's properly settled, you're going to see him having four, five, six shots a game. And, you know, it's just going to add to more situations where there's this guy who he'll cut in like Phil, but he's got that quality to actually hit them, hit them really well and get them on target. There's, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes, but I think he's going to start to, um, we're going to start to see very special things. And front five of those players, well, let's say the, the main four, you know, a front four, Three from five we've got now. Yeah, three from five is fine. I don't think we need to change. But imagine if you play all four of Diaz, Jota, Mane, Mo. (laughs) (laughs) That's just unbelievable. (laughs) Fab and Thiago. Yeah, Fab and Thiago in the middle. Uh, Play Bobby as the eight, though, can't we? Can we not play Bobby (laughs) as an eight? No, not with not with Fab or Thiago. You can't. <laughs> Might as well turn Bobby into a six. He can't pass. Just, but, just uh, break it up, lad. We're ruining the Burnley bit now. Come on. Right, okay, yeah. sorry. Let's move but, on. Um, but but it was just it was just the way it was the build up for Diaz as well as the uh, the end product, wasn't it? it was the way yeah, Robbo. So in his first prop, in his first start, first game, and this is what I think Gags and uh, Rosie are spot on. There is for me, it's the fact he's just fitted in, and what I think. There's this stigma about if you come to Liverpool, you spend a bit of time in the reserves, and even you know Robbo is, is an example of how long it took him to learn fab. the system. Yadi Fab, yadi, yadi, yadi. But I think it's pretty obvious that actually, if you're good enough, like Jota and Diaz have played from the start, and they've both. I know it took Jota a bit of time to learn the playbook, and I'm sure Diaz will learn certain things off the ball. But even his off-ball work in this game, I felt... I mean, I know I've only watched it once through because mm. of commitments. I felt his off-ball work was really good. 22, 22 presses, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's For someone who's still learning so the book, I thought it was really good. You know, and he linked well, and I just... Yeah, he just looks like a Liverpool player. And he's played, what, 90, 100 minutes? Something like that. Uh, you, you got much, better, much better than when Jota first arrived in terms of his pressing gags, I thought. Because I thought Jota was that's a little fair. bit headless chicken. Yeah. Um, but Diaz seems to and consider I think I think we've got to be fair and go back to again the scouting pod and the pod we did there wasn't much information on Diaz's pressing at Porto because they don't press so it it had to be with with, with, um, his national team and you didn't you got a bit of a sense of it but you were like okay he's going to have to he's going to have to learn that he's going to have to adapt to that like Salah did Salah was wasn't very good in his first season, pressing-wise. Um, I guess similar with Mane. Jota definitely at the start of his Liverpool career, but Diaz seems to have come in and got the gist of what we're asking for in his first start. Just percent of his presses led to, to counters. And remember, if you get to counters, the next step of that uh, is shots, you know? So it's it just a yeah. follow-on normally. And we were unlucky, like I said, there's a whole load of, if you count up the counters here, um, some of them will be group presses as well, but there's a, there's so many presses that led to counters in this game, but we just didn't convert the shots because of the final pass. This game, it was just beautifully set up for him as well, I suppose. In terms of a debut, you, that's what you want. Yeah. I'm not surprised he didn't play the next game, but this one, this one was as perfect as you get can get for an opponent as well to try and hurt them in behind and you know that gap and that space. 
a bit kamikaze from from Brendan and his setup. So perfect, absolutely. You have to say a little bit of that as well. So you probably temper it a little bit by saying the opposition were aren't in a great or in a bit of a funk as well. But it takes it takes some coordination though, doesn't it, to get involved in presses? That's the point. Yeah, and also the pressing performance that has the highest chain, that has the you know all this top dollar stuff and he's a part of it you know he's got 10% of the presses almost you know so uh, <laughs> or just under that's that's something to think about and that's something to say you know in the in the game so I mean just going on transitioning into the pressing Darth here um, we can come back if you do want to say something about uh, Jota and um, Diaz but I thought there was one performance um, firstly there was nine people, nine players with double figures, and Matip on nine presses could have been ten from a centre back, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's that's something to behold. And then if you combine um, Elliot and Jones, you're at what thirty-four presses. So as a position, <laughs> that's the top presser, like the most presses in the game. Yeah. But Jones got eighteen from what sixty odd minutes. And Elliot got 16 from 30 minutes. You were buzzing about his pressing, though, weren't you, guys? Why, why did this you kid, why you were so excited about the way he pressed? This kid, right, is just wowing me. Because I said this on an earlier pod in the season when he was when he came on against uh, when he started against Leeds or came on against someone else. He just doesn't stop, and even if he, he fails, he'll keep going, and he'll keep pushing, and then dropping back and pushing. It's not one of those where he runs around the pitch. He doesn't. He goes to the player. He knows that he needs to target. If he loses that duel, no problem. Doesn't doesn't like throw his hands up. Nothing. He just gets on with it and chases chases back. Gets back in position. Does it again. Wins it this time. And he, I mean, sixteen. It was the quality wise. What's the quality saying here? Um, he's got what ninety three percent efficiency. Uh, high value, only three of them out of 16, but uh, one led to a goal. <laughs> so there you go. So the goal one, the goal one is interesting because um, he's on Drewsby Hall, who Drewsby Hall obviously is the most targeted player in this team at the moment. He was for Liverpool anyway, against Liverpool anyway. And um, Darth actually asked me the question just before the pod, are you sure you know there's a there's one there's a big chance for Mo uh, that led to was from pressing? Are you sure that's one? And I and I, went, I said yeah, it definitely is. I went back and had a watch again and noticed even better this time that by rewinding it and not watching the ball but keeping an eye on the players, that Drewsby Hall turns back to have a look where Elliot is just before he's about to receive the ball and Elliot's chasing him or jogging behind him, but he knows he's there. So as soon as the ball gets to Drewsby Hall, he doesn't even think about touching it, uh, controlling it, nothing. He knows Elliot's on his case and he also knows Elliot's been chasing everyone because that's the other thing with the press. If you see a player, you're on the pitch, like Bobby, for example, why do you think Man City defenders in the past used to fucking shit themselves when Bobby was near them and make mistakes? But Because they knew they're coming. At that time, it used to be one of those, oh, fuck, they're coming. We used to score loads of pressing or create off pressing because there was this fear. And in this game, Elliot created that fear for Drewsby Hall. And as soon as you can see him, he turns over to have a look. He carries on a couple of seconds. As soon as it comes to him, passes it straight to Mo, one-on-one. -on -one. And it's a turnover. It's because he knows Elliot's there. It's because he knows Elliot's hounding him and has throughout the game. 
and just that's that's exactly what you want to see and when it's a kid doing it it's even better that this boy is going to fit this boy is going to fit everything that we do he's got quality on the ball he's got quality off the ball i am so excited to watch this kid grow into this team and i really hope he starts against inter milan really do I think that I, th- I agree with you, Gags. I think he's the pleasing thing for me is, like you said, he fits in the system. He's back supporting Trent. He's he's not, you know, what I mean, he's, there's no sort of letting a runner go or anything. I thought it was perfect. But uh, a question for you: If you combine those two eights, you said it was 34. Is that right? You say it was 34 presses for the yeah. two eights. Yeah. Is that the highest from the right side of eight all season? Probably. Oh, I wouldn't know that. Probably, Probably would be. Yeah, it's not, you don't you don't get many midfielders more than thirty in a match. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm not wishing, and that's not a war thing or anything. I'm just it was I the think, thing I, I thought Ox about. Had a big number. I think Ox has had a decent number this season. Yeah, he had a decent Ox, number. Ox will have for sure. Yeah, but well, you're right. It's a synchronicity doing thing, though. It's yeah, a whole system. It, it's a whole system, and we this had eleven players working on that. Press has worked all season. Yeah, definitely, yeah. unquestionably. Yeah, unquestionably. Yeah, that's more the point. And if you look at, I've just put Harvey's individual press map in the um, in the in the live show chat, and you can see it's quite a defensive nature because his it's, 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 it's heat map is on halfway on the right hand side in front of Trent. So. Yeah, which is where you need to be, right? If you're playing a, a Trent as a right back, you need to have that to support, right? And that's yeah, especially if the scholars come on by this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know what's really interesting as well? Thiago Jones and Elliot, 88.9, 88.9, 87.5% of their presses in chains that tells you massive things about those three eights and the the importance of them off the ball because one thing that we lack is if we if we don't press in chains and when that number's low that's when we're not going to get anything out of that game on presses because when you press in chains you're going to create or you give yourself a better chance of creating sometimes it doesn't happen you'll have a high chain percentage if you're not doing it, you're just giving yourself no chance at all, especially against the, the teams that give you opportunities. So that, for me, was really pleasing. So you can look at Jones, Thiago, and Elliot. So Jones, even though you know it wasn't the best performance off the ball, he did a job. He did do a job. Yeah. yeah. I, I, again, I, I want to come back to like the, the game state and getting a goal ahead and not having any chances before half an hour. I, I honestly thought we were really controlled and slow in possession when we had it because we didn't want to let Leicester's strengths come out on us, which has happened in two previous games against them. So we didn't let them do anything and we kept the control and then we brought on players and then just absolutely destroyed them. It, it was like a perfect match play situation where... you. You, you take away your opposition's strengths before you go ahead. And obviously, we've got the set pieces, so we've got a goal ahead. But then from that moment, when you go a goal up against a team, you expect them to come on to you. And we didn't let them do that. We controlled it either through pressing, like you've just been talking about, through group pressing in coordination, or through keeping the ball. Slowly, slowly, just keep the ball. Don't let them have any opportunity to get in behind us. And the evidence of that, Rhodes, is as soon as we went one nil up, the pressing went back up to the ninety in the nineteenth percentiles, up to half time, and that probably killed them off, or at least made them feel like, "What the hell is this?" But I think the importance of it is of all of it is now. Imagine, imagine two fresh eights every game, two fresh wingers or forwards every game. You know that kind of rotation. 
uh, is going to allow us to put this much energy back into games again. And when that happens, and if that happens, and if Klopp listens to the, the Spawn Science team, so far so good. If we get another three, four changes tomorrow, and then uh, on Saturday, and then the following week, again, the next all the way to the final, and maybe he keeps the same team for a final, because it's a final, we will we will let him off for that. But again, five subs in that game. So it's okay, because he can play with it. But if it continues, we're in for such an exciting last few months of this season. And and also protection will protect the players by doing that as well. I think you're right. Also, Bats and Gags, if you come on, if you've got players like Elliot coming on as an impact eight like that, and then doing your high intensity pressing, one that leads to a goal, and then you've got Sally who comes on like he looks like he's got <laughs> something, something to prove. I don't know why, but like he was a man in his pants. <laughs> the geezer just hit the bar. Like, like, what the hell? Start and thinking, oh, we were goal down, we could get back into this game, and then you've got Salah and Elliot doing that. It's nuts. It's crazy. <laughs> It's crazy. I'd say just to add to the bit about it, the, the off the ball work there, I think you're all right. Absolutely spot on. We keep that rotation going. But the key thing for me, one of the key things for those three players highlighted, Harvey, CJ and Thiago, their passing in the opposition half was 84, 87 and 90%. Now that, they're all off ball work, but they also, when they had it, we had quality. And we didn't give it away needlessly like like we have done in other games with the comp- different combinations. So, I, I, yeah, I'm excited like you guys. If we get the combination right, we we could be we could be in a very very good place. I think this is a beautiful. We just mentioned eights. I think Darth, Darth this is a beautiful time to go over Fabiago. It's 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 gonna stick. It's gonna <laughs> stick. I'm telling Fabiago. you, it is gonna be Fabiago. Yeah. So I, I, I was I basically been inspired by Andrew Beasley's tracking of the uh, the Fab and Thiago stats. Um, or, you know, pretty much since the end of last season, really. When you know, when because they, they they took us to the the, the top four, didn't they? Uh, plus Allison, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's got to the stage now where it's seventeen matches um, together where they've started together since since he signed, and that that's an, a not insignificant sample now. It's just under fifteen hundred minutes. Um, so what I did was I went through the match logs of um, FB Ref, and I basically looked for all the starts together in centre mid. Um, so there's one in the Champions League against uh, Leipzig, 16 in the Premier League, and I pulled together all their data from the match logs and and and, I, and into a nice summary format, which I'll stick in the live show chat now. And to be honest, the numbers are are absolutely sensational, gags. Um, so, um, I mean, Rosie can be able to compare this to our season numbers, but um, 19 shots for eight conceded. That's what we average on shots when they're on the pitch. In shots on target, it's 6.2 to 2.8. The expected goals, 2.7 in attack, 0.8 in defence, um, which is tremendous. Wait, it's bats. We're averaging one on uh, over the season in defence, so they're averaging eight point eight together over um over their over their seventeen starts. Don't you uh, say about point eight point seven is what we need to get to for like peak Liverpool defensively? Winning ratio. Yeah, if we get to point eight xG conceded over a season, that, that you're not going to be far away from the title with that. You know, it's going to take something superhuman to stop you. Um. And in terms of the goal scored, two point four goals. If we if we if we if we project out what they're performing at for, to a thirty eight game season, it translates to eighty nine goals scored, thirteen goals conceded. That's thirteen one three, 
and, a, and 110 points. <laughs> so that's that's what they're. I'm projecting. sorry, Fabiago lives. <laughs> wow, wow. Um, now it is worth noting that we are running unsustainably hot in defence. Uh, that the attack is is perfectly fine. In fact, it's slightly underperforming. We are running amazingly hot in defence. We've only conceded uh, four goals. Uh, sorry, five goals from um, thirteen. Oh, I've got the totals on there. Uh, I just realised I missed. I think it's I think it's four from thirteen xG, which which is which is crazy. No, it's, no, it's six from thirteen xG. We've six goals actual, thirteen expected. So that that's not going to sustain. We will concede a few more goals. So um, it's not going to be like um, you know you know we're we're going to cool off a bit there. But they are those numbers are title winning every which way. You know you you're probably looking at ninety five point minimum gags. Even with a slight regression. Imagine if we had got a younger Thiago man. I mean, he probably still would have been injured a lot, but oh well. You oh, just you can dream, can't you? I, th- I think I think we do have gags. You just might wear the number eight. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, has, has, has Harinda seriously suggested for bingo? What the fuck? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like um, <laughs> it sounds like the Big Bang Theory from Zingler. What is for bingo? <laughs> <laughs> where, where, how do you get Fabinho anyway? I don't get it. <laughs> it's, it's just changing one letter of Fabinho, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, but why though? Because of the Tiago. It's crap. Oh jeez. Oh, anyway, I think I think um, I'm going to tweet this this table from my account because I'm so I'm going to put a hashtag on it because I'm so I'm so much in love with it. But um. This is what we've this is what we've been saying since the end of last season because obviously they weren't in that major run. This is part of it, and um, now this part of the season we need to repeat that, don't we? We need to repeat that run. Get these two playing together in the um, in all the important games where we can. And if that's the if that's the if that's the results and that continues, then we're going to win stuff guaranteed. Yeah, for sure, for sure, Un- unquestionably, yeah. Superb. Right then, that was fantastic on um, on Leicester. We're now going to move on to the Burnley game. A little bit different. Very, very different. Um, do we need to go through anything definitions-wise, Darth? Or did we done some bits at the start of the first game? No, no, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do that. Another, I think we'll do that another time when we, got, we haven't got a double header. <laughs> okay, great. Right. So, rotation, Bart's. Rotation, lineups, game plan. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I think. Um, so I'm just getting the right page up. Man, typical. The the um, so for us, we went with the same same back four uh, as he has been doing. Even though uh, I think some were worried Matic pre-game, but yeah, he largely not not important. Um, Fab stayed in midfield. He changed the two eights. So as you were quite, you proved correct. Uh, Gags. He brought Navi in, or this time he played left eight. Which he has done pre early season, but then not not at all since. He played uh, the captain at the right eight, and then he had Mo, Bobby, and Mane, the old school front three, the legendary front three. Even though current form is different, but yeah, I think that's um, a very strong side to go to Burnley. You could argue uh, the inclusion of the captain was for height purposes because Burnley are quite tall. If he'd played. Naby and Thiago, you've got a very small midfield. Um, Harvey, again, is a smaller player. So 
there's an argument to be had there perhaps for having the height in midfield. In terms of Burnley, largely their go-to lineup since they've signed Redcorst, um, Cornish dropped to left wing. Uh, the only other one was that I think Lennon came in for this game and they dropped out uh, McNeil, who played uh, wide right. Um, not unsurprisingly, I think, for anybody, but they've played 4-4-2 96% of the times this season. So a typical Brexit team from um, Mr. Schumann. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely true. 96% of the time, I feel. Yeah, 96% of the time. I think the only other time it's been slightly different is when they've dropped another one to like a 4-1-1, which is basically 4-2-2 with a deep... With a, do, you know, do you know what that reminds me forwards. of? Yeah, go on. Uh, remember Mike Bassett, England manager? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with Ricky Gervais as Mike Bassett. And he just comes up to the press and he says, ladies and gentlemen, tonight England will be playing 4-4-fucking-2. team talk. Rhodesy, do you want to give us the match summary? Yeah, so it's not as impressive as the um, Leicester one, but I think obviously very different circumstances. Um, Just under two, non-penalty XG, 1.9 to 1 for them. We'll come on to theirs later. I think there's a little bit of a question about that, but only 12 shots to eight. Now, I quite like that. I, I can remember gags. We've had games against Burnley where like Coutinho had eight, eight shots outside the box and things and we had shot quality of um, 0.06 from 30 shots and couldn't score. Um, whereas in this game, we had 12 shots, four big chances. Um, of course, they both came, uh, two of them came in one phase and two of them came for the phase for the goal. Um, but in we had a 0.16 shot quality in this game, which is really, really high against Burnley. It's something we don't usually achieve. Um, we didn't get many penalty box touches compared to the Leicester game, just 24 compared to 11. Um, no defensive errors from either side, which you would expect from Burnley especially, um, although our record this season is pretty good. Um, bit of a difference between the models, and I think there's some explaining to do, explaining to do there. 538 had a 2.5. Whereas stats bomb had us down at 1.6, so there's nearly a there's a 0.9 difference there, and that's because some XG models um, will take away the lowest value um, XG chance in a phase of play. So the Mane two chances that he had, both big chances, nearly adds up to one XG. They take away the lowest value, which was 0.3. And in the Fabinho goal, he had a 0.6 chance, 6-6 six, six chance on understanding, and then a 0.96. 0.96 is the highest I've ever seen. I can't recall a higher chance than a 0.96, which is basically on the um, line. The 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 um the highest I think officially I've ever seen is um the Chupo Moting one for PSG. Right. Which was 0.99, and he was actually on the goal yeah. line and he missed. Do you remember? Do you remember this? <laughs> no, I don't remember it. <laughs> Seriously, I do. I, I do. I do. Forty-nine minutes. Yeah, 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 it went over the bar. What? Over the bar? Yeah, I, I'm gonna, mate. I, it's incredible, mate. But you guys carry on talking. I'm gonna find this clip. <laughs> <laughs> That's way more important than the pod, right? Oh, there's someone found no, it. There it is. Somebody posted it. 
Look. Oh, I have to watch this live. It's a gift. Uh, it's oh, a no, gift. He, didn't, he didn't put it on the bar. <laughs> 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 he cleared it. How is he coming? He's defending, lad. So, yeah. You so know what? That's gotta be that's missed. gotta be checked. As in bloody yards. <laughs> there must have been a bet. There must have been a bet. That's a betting one, that is. <laughs> Indian bookmakers, guys. <laughs> it's got to be, yeah. He's literally it offline. So that that tells you though. So that's the Fabinho one was 0.96. And obviously stats bomb. Um we haven't got Kaylee's numbers yet. He's moving house. <laughs> so we haven't got any Kaylee numbers. But stats bomb is one point six. And that's because they've removed the first Mane chance and big chance and the first Fabinho shot for the goal. So yeah, it was it was against Burnley. I, I guess we would say if you look at the XG um, chart timeline, they had all their XG in the first thirty minutes. They're at one point two or one point one four after. 30 minutes, and then didn't have anything else. So kind of similar to Leicester in that they didn't create anything once we'd got the goal. What was the average of the models for Burnley? The average of the models was 1.921. So Burnley's but, average is one. What was the range on the Burnley? The range on the Burnley was 0.8 to 1.2. Okay, and who was the lowest? Uh, the lowest was Statsbomb, and the highest was 538. As as is usually the case, um, and that's if you want to know the season stats, that's exactly the same over the season. Um, Five thirty-eight do tend to just include all all attempts by a team either side, um, and they tend to have higher XG values. Um, yeah. Stats bomb a little bit more reserved. Um, up to the stingiest. But that applies across the board. So our defensive record with Opto is is the lowest, and our defensive record with five thirty eight is highest. Oh, I'm four goals, just a little bit higher at one point zero five. But yeah, it's again, it's it's kind of trying to illustrate the same issues, the same things that were going on in the Leicester game. We conceded a couple of chances early on, and then didn't concede anything. So we got the control of the game, and I did the pressing in this game, and I thought. A lot of it was to do with that, and they don't want the ball, so they was obviously lumping it a lot, but not as much in the first 30 minutes. So I thought they didn't need to keep going long because I thought they had, you know, they were playing some good through balls. I know they were offside. I'm going to come on to that. It's a big issue in this game. Um, but, yeah, um, we had control after the half-hour mark, complete control over a Burnley side. And usually we were all over the place. Oh, we have been. I think you're right, Rosie. Was, I'll tell you what was interesting for me was a lot of the sort of, you know, game time, possession, passing numbers were all similar to Leicester. If you looked at them, they weren't out by a lot of percent. But the stuff that we've identified as uh, has an impact on our non-penalty XG creation, like key passes and progressive passes, were all down. So it was like what we were doing with the ball. You know, our long ball rate was up to a 10% in this game, which is average. But so, yeah, it was like... Sort of, if you looked at it from a, a really comparison, it, there wasn't a great deal in it, but the intuities of what we're doing with the ball was very different. Yeah, and really once different. I'm going to say it again, once Thiago came on for Henderson, the well, yeah, the game shut down. Yeah, 
And so this could... is a key been mentioned on other pods. It's been mentioned on Twitter. Um, I think Burnley had 1% XG after Thiago came on. 1%. Yeah, but then we had, they only had, I think it was 0.12 from like 50 odd minutes or something. Or yeah. where was it? Yeah. So I agree with the point that Thiago comes on and completely controls the game, but they didn't create that much second half, really. After, well, they didn't create that much after our goal. No, no, but you know, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 although Thiago comes on, and yes, the game was completely shut down, they still weren't creating a lot. There you go, 0.2 XG after the J. Rodriguez chance. So, you know, I just, yeah, uh, there's a, I think there's a narrative there, but I, I agree with part of it. Thiago just shut it down more. I think we, it's, it's handy playing with 11 players. Yeah. Okay. Um... Darth, on to you then. This was not ideal conditions for someone to play football in, was it really? It was fucking awful, Gags. <laughs> Honest to God, there's been a storm across the north for the past part of five days now. It's yeah, in, in to God, it's gale force winds swirling round, and you know, Lanc- Burnley Stadium is quite elevated anyway, and it was absolutely torrential rain for the ho- pretty much the whole ninety minutes, wasn't it? The players were absolutely dripping wet. Um, wet through, and and it was driving rain as well. It was awful. I mean, I mean, to 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 get any kind of play out, I thought was from the players was pretty remarkable. But this was um this was a this this was just a day for rolling up your sleeves and just just getting you know literally throwing everything at it, wasn't it, guys, and getting stuck in. It was it was it horrible. Was, um, um, uh, it's very understandable as to why Diaz and Elliot didn't play a minute in this game. Oh <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And you know yeah. when you always say horses for courses, that's perfect, yeah. and it really that this shows the the lineup of this game showed that he trusted someone like Naby Keita to come in and play in this rough game. The funny thing is, uh, Naby played both games against Burnley. Actually, played some tough yeah. you know, opponents. So the trust is there in terms of playing those gritty games. Naby's not going to you know shy away. He's actually going to have a good game. He he was really good in this game. Um, with Diaz, you don't want him to get an injury in this one of these games. No. You know something stupid happened to him. And Elliot just coming back again, very smart from the manager. So far, when when it's come to this really busy period, full marks for Jurgen Klopp. Absolutely full marks as to using the squad. Uh, that was always the fear. Will he use a big squad? He loves small squads. So far, so good. Hundred percent marks, I'd say. Let's see what just, happens now. I yeah. mean, there's not much to talk about in the pressing at all in the match. No, Kater, no. Cater so managed to get 32 presses against Burnley. <laughs> 11 possession wins and 88% efficiency against that. That's, that's tremendous. Yeah, it's, he played the same role in the first game. Played left eight. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. He probably put a very similar performance in when we were at home. He is very good at that role. Very good just, at that role. Just good continuity, isn't it? And yeah. Solid. Yeah. Least, solid. You, know. you know who you're going to play. I mean, you know, you know Sean Dice is going to play the same players, probably. Yeah. So he's played there before. That's your job. That's your player. Those are the ones you go and target. You go and get it done. And he did. Yeah. And not only 32, but that's nine more than anybody else in the team. Yeah. You know, there's a yeah. big gap. Whereas in the last game, they were all like lining up in the 20s, right? We had like four or five players in the 20s, a combined couple, yeah. you know, a position combined that was going to be 34. You shared it around in that game. This is a domination of one player putting some proper effort in, effort in and having a fifth of the team's total, you know? So <laughs> that's it's interesting. Quick... Um, Jan, Jan said on um, the Morby podcast that um, he, he his 
he played against Forest and it was minus six and he said the cold. He says it didn't matter because you, you get warm when when you're playing football. But he said he couldn't pass it when it was really windy. You just can't you you can't judge the wind. It's not like you're a god. You can't pick out a pass and take into account a twenty-five mile an hour, thirty-five mile an hour gust, can you? And Trent struggled in this game sometimes. You saw some of his crossfield passes that he was attempting. And Mate, the defenders struggled to, to just judge the ball. Yeah. Yeah. It was rough. The first half was really rough. And the, actually, the commentators got it right for once where they defended the players and said, our defenders, and said, this is really hard to, to judge this ball in this way. The second half will be interesting because it's the other way around, you know. Yeah. And what happened? We controlled the game much better when we didn't... When they had, when the ball wasn't being carried, you know, or or was it no? Was it being pushed back? Yeah, One of even, them. Even, even BVD, BVD missed and misjudged too, didn't he? In the first twenty minutes. And yeah. it's normal, right? Natural to if the ball's going to drop on you. Yeah. Normally, it's coming at a trajectory where you've you've you know you've got that trajectory. It's coming straight into your head, and then it drops to your foot. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> because yeah. the wind's blowing it back. That's exactly what what happens, you know. What I was going to ask Sai was, but unfortunately, Sai can't be with us, can he? But I was going to ask him um, before plans got kiboshed. Is that um, you know American sports do collect the weather, and 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 they 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 weight their analytics in some areas according to the weather. And I'm saying, is this the Bart? So, do you think this is an, a next logical step for for footy to to, to well, start factoring in things like that into into the data? I, you know, I chatted to you about. I've got uh, one of our ex students is working for the FIFA project to start building the data analytics for the World Cups. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is something they are looking at for that. Nice. But the amount of, but you've got to build, and I'll try and dig him out. I'm not quite like that, but I'll try and get him in for a pod or something to him talk through it if he's allowed. Um, but no, they they are trying to factor in. But I mean, from a purely point of view from the UK, from the EPL, I mean, we have a hard enough chance to uh, convincing people that XG is something. So I think it'd be quite difficult yeah. to get that public acceptance of stats in this country if we started saying, well, this is adjusted because of the win, because you know exactly what is going to happen. And I'm not saying that's right. And I think I would imagine actually our backroom staff are that clever. They probably have factored it in. Yeah, I would didn't be mean very surprised. Public consumption, no, no, no. But I, I do yeah. think I think our backroom staff have got something on it for sure because the data is there, you know. Yeah. And they would have looked at it and they've got. I mean, they've modelled um, the the where we should pass the ball and where chances should come from two, three mm. years ago. there. So if if they can do that. Um, then they can certainly factor in. Well, if it's weather, this, 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 we can do this. You know, I yeah. just think there's, but there are wind models out there they can apply to the data yeah. pitch for sure, for sure. Anyway, just a little analytics consideration there, Gags. Yeah, mate, we have um, we have a bit to talk about really the general performance, um, but I think there's a player we need to talk about that a lot of people have um, been uh, losing their shit over. Last twenty four hours. Um, have we got any numbers on Henderson's game? <laughs> who's who's gonna who's gonna take it? <laughs> who's got the balls? Come on! Yeah. Come on! All right. Okay. So, size si- classic one. I haven't got it to hand, but his pass completion <laughs> for the game is fifty percent. Fifty percent pass completion for a midfielder in this game. There was a tweet from Sai, wasn't there, about how much he yeah, lost possession as well? Lost possession. I think it was something like. I think he lost possession. Over, yeah, it was it's something ridiculous. It meant that he only had something like forty odd percent or something at one point. It, it, he his levels of passing in this game 
reached new lows for me. And I, I don't I don't like knocking a player, but you know, fifty percent total present, um, pass completion in their half, fifty seven percent in the final third, sixty seven percent. I mean, those are not numbers your captain or your progressive number eight should be doing in our system. Even in Burnley's it, it, cauldron of wind and, and rain. Thank you, you know, There's the numbers for you in the chat. Hendo gave the ball away. 25. 25, 25 is out of 48 40, touches. Out of 48 touches. That's the fifth time this season he's got le- uh, a greater than 60. Sorry, is that supposed to be less than 60% rate yeah. of ball retention? Yeah. This is very if, un-Hendo. When do you need to worry? It's a great question. It is a great question. But if, if you think I'm just knocking Hendo, let's just compare him to other players on the pitch yeah, in the middle of the park. So Keith uh, Nabby had 90% overall pass completion, 87 in the opponent's half, 89 in the final third. You know, uh, let's look at Fab, if I can just find him on my list. Yeah, Fab, and while you do that... 83, he... 81, yeah. 100. So I'm not just picking on the player. These are stats here of someone's performance, playing the role for us, and he's just simply not doing it. He had a rough game, a really rough game. Um, and... It was not like they all played that way is what you've just yeah. evidenced there, basically. He was we, playing a we, different game to everybody else. And the, the, the we, players, we were playing with 10. We were playing with 10 men. 10 men. The, the only players on the pitch who had a lower pass completion than Hendo were um, Veghorst and Nick Pope. On their team, yeah. And that was it. No, on the pitch, they're the only ones with the lower I know, player. but I'm just... It, yeah. We go back to Leicester being a perfect system team performance, Yeah. 11 players all doing the team, all doing the sheet, all doing the tactics, all doing so well. We go to Burnley, and yes, the weather didn't help first half, but it also didn't help because we were, we were playing with 10 men. Yeah. When Hendo's had good games this season, he's been brilliant, especially the Everton and United games, but there's been far too many stinkers. And I think even the off ball in this one, with I think it was 70, 70 odd percent. Um, 70-something percent, I think 76% press efficiency yeah. as well in this game. Yeah. Uh, everybody else is way higher apart from Matip, which is fine. You know, Matip's going to get bypassed sometimes. But what I mean is, and he's only got nine passes, so there's more... He didn't have a great game either, did he? So both, no, didn't. both, of, them, both of them weren't good. But I think but. when you when your captain has a game like that, it's 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 quite shocking, you know, especially... For the amount, certainly recently, how much he's been defended and stuff. There's got to be objectivity in the way this happens. At the end of the day, you know, this podcast isn't about what we feel about certain players. At the end of the day, I think he's a good option to have in midfield when he's on form. When he's in form, I, I think, think it's fine. As long think... as he's not playing with Milner, that's my... That's yeah, my... I get you, Gags. So I think, as you and I, I think we chatted on during the week, I actually just think his role now is back up to Fab. I have to say that with with the players we now have available, I don't see any reason we should be playing him in the eight. Just don't yeah. see the reason to do it. Yeah, it's dif- it's a difficult one as well for he's, the manager because obviously he's, he's captain. He's, he's captain, yeah. and it's hard. And he's, he's stood but by him. He's got you the contract. Yeah, if Weghorst is beating you in a foot race, you're in a bit of a you're in, in oh, a bit of trouble. But that's, yeah, that was the most concerning one. There is the, yeah. there is when they when they broke from their corner. That that's um because that's what his his biggest strength was, and you know when he was at his peak. Um, but that's he, what people have been saying, isn't it, Garth? His his athleticism has has fallen down. You know, he's he's not able to track back. And we've said this time and time again in this pod is that role is very progressive, but equally it needs to track the runners on the right-hand side so that Trent is not overloaded, the right-back isn't overloaded. And time and time again this season, 
that when Hendo has played the right A, we have had Trent has been overloaded by three or four players because the people are not being tracked. And Trent gets dug out of being not a good defender when in fact you can't do a lot when there's three players running at you. So yeah, it, I think it's just, I think Sai is right. And it's and Mulby said the same thing on the pod today. It's it might be a, a sad thing. He's been our captain for ten years. It's a bit like watching Gerard at the end of his career. Maybe that's a bit extreme, but there. I think there has to come a point where someone has to have a chat and say, "Look, just be the backup six. And also, I think there's um, God, I think um, Sai's also mentioned other things in terms of Hendo's injury record, which kind of goes yeah. out because. He's he's had. I don't think it's as many, but I'm not sure he's played many more minutes in terms of availability than yeah. Naby. But Naby gets labelled as injury prone, and Henderson doesn't get any. Well, of that. I mean, did you see the piece on Naby's birthday? Yeah, the echo, absolutely <laughs> scandalous, <laughs> bizarre. Yeah, and then but... he gets studies and play. Anyway, I mean, the other thing from from Hendo, the other to as a slight caveat, Hendo might have played this game. Because it was Burnley the height, and he might not have been fit. And I think that's a, f- a genuinely fair point about the height. I do think that's a consideration that you have to take into account when you're playing Burnley. Because he did have a knock and miss Leicester, right? He had a knock. He didn't play the Leicester game. So you don't. we don't know whether the height thing, they were like, right, just get in there, play the game. So, because he didn't want to play Harvey. But yeah. we do. I think, I think we do need to, to move on. The only thing I would add to finish on is that... Um, one of our greatest ever managers used had a, a maxim that you always let your leg, players' legs go on somebody else's pitch, and I, I don't know if um, if we've done that on this occasion. Hey, right. for another day. Agreed. Absolutely. Let's move on then. Um, oh, I love. Let's talk about. Um, I was there really patterns of play in this game, uh, guys? For the first yeah. half, I would. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, I don't think the first half. But, um... Unless we can count a swirling ball as a pattern of play, that was pattern. There was a pattern in the ball. There was some in the, the set. Some of the second half stuff was beautiful. But I mean, the goal is is on thirty eight minutes. Is it a lovely corner from Trent? One handed signal, front zone. Mane flicks it, and Fab's there. Probably should score first time, but Before gets the rebound. That, there was a nice nabby shot, and also a nice yeah, it was ball for the corner yeah. as well. Yeah, it was. A, I think it was a good period of play. Um, for that, but it was just another set. We got a set piece going. We needed it. Did a Burnley, if you like, on them, and um, and then we're then we get into half time and we hold firm. Yeah, I didn't see. I, I wasn't sure about the patterns of play thing. Dan, have you got anything specific there that well, you? Well, if, if there was an absence of patterns, you know, that's <laughs> what. <we're doing. laughs> I just didn't see anything. You know, it's so good. <laughs> I just saw it was it was I just saw a chaotic game in in chaotic weather and you know we we were really disjointed and um and they kept just putting the ball over the top getting put offside a lot and um causing some trouble and you know the, the, the as I said the real the only thing that I was really shocked by was was their break from our corner that 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 actually I was like a bit open mouthed at that <laughs> how that actually happened because we usually usually we do that to other teams and then they. Burnley, of all teams, did it to us. Uh, and Vekos obviously fouled Salah and then managed to spin the whole pitch to um, to get on the end of it. Which was a shock. That was the PK that maybe should have been given, right? 
Is that what you're well, talking about? It's, it's a clear pen. There was a clear yeah. pen. In the, we didn't even discuss the one in the Leicester game, but that was, an, was well, one of the okay. ones. So, can I guess a counter then? So, if it was so clear, why didn't VAR overturn it? Because it was the same guy who didn't do the one in the Leicester game. <laughs> I, I, I have no explanation for either of these, Dan. As you as you remember from the the Jota against, against Wolves, I, I think it was against Wolves, whoever it was. I I I didn't think that was a pen and said so. These two were two of the most obvious penalties I've ever seen. He's just that tripped. Was, that was Palace you were talking about, the Palace pen. The Palace one, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Palace. But no, I think it, it's the same quick was it the last pod we chatted about? How does how does Bar get there? And I think it just comes down to the same problem, there's no protocol. Yeah. And you get decisions like this, which we've seen given in other games that same weekend. Yeah. Um, so, leaving aside yeah. the fact that it might have been a pen, right? We can't use that as an excuse to gloss over no, the fact for that sure. we got counted on by Burnley from our own corner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was it a was, bit of a worry. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think okay. I'm not. I don't want to justify it, but Henderson, if you walk closely from the reverse angle, not the one that we're seeing uh, from the the image that. Um, oh, you can just see it at the end of this image. Henderson appeals for the pen, and then it kind of leaves him two yards behind um, Vekhorst on the break, and he doesn't. And the worrying thing is, he doesn't. He's not able to catch up with him to track him to prevent the shot. That's the worrying thing, because that should be his job. Yeah, and he's got quite a distance to do yeah. that in as well. It's not. Yeah. It's not like a short sharp. It's probably yeah. over half the pitch, isn't it? But I, yeah. just, I just keep watching it now, and it just looks like the most obvious trip in the world. Yeah. Well, well maybe they they... We, we were told at the start of the season there was going to be a higher bar for, for, for penalties. We were told this. Yeah, and Dale Johnson said this on his thread. He said, he said, had this been given on the pitch, it turned. Um, obviously, it wasn't. Um, and the one... Well, those ones, yeah. It, it, yeah, it wouldn't have been overturned either way. So yeah. it was the on-field. Yeah. yeah, but then that still kind of almost gives you—is that the referees behind the Burnley player, isn't he? In the in the Discord chat, we've got an image from Lubo of the pen. Now he's that, straight at it. Oh, okay. I thought he's behind the player, but yeah, no, he's, he's straight at it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, no, he's not given. Which yeah. is wrong. I I agree. That both penalty shots were. Um... Were, were were awful takes really in my view from from VAR. Yeah. But um there is something very, very interesting from this game that um I'd like Darth to talk about. And that's the offsides and Bart's as well, who've been working on this together. Uh the offsides and the shots, um a detailed discussion really of all this because um what happens in a game with this rule is when you're watching it live, and for all of you that are listening who are watching it live you kind of get a false um, narrative set in your brain as well because you're watching it. And even though they're offside, you're kind of nervous every attack because you're kind of thinking, that's another chance, that's another chance. But in reality, well, we're going to tell you what the reality was right now. Yeah, this is So, um, yeah, I mean, what I was, the way I wanted to try and frame this is that um, um, me, and, me and Bart's don't care about what the commentators are, are saying and winding up fans, right? This, our job is to look at whether the Liverpool game plan was effective or not, uh, and and what to what extent were Burnley actually dangerous in this match. So um, we went 
So we started basically with the um, the final data from which is collected after the match, um, and we went back to the text logs on BBC Sport, where they give um, what they do. They've got a little bot on BBC that takes the Opta events and put and converts them using a little algorithm into a, into a, like a pseudo text commentary. And I put that into the live show chat, and you can see in here what we've got is we've got um, green highlight is for the shots which are recorded by Opta. And the yellow is for the offside decisions. Oh, there were seven, seven offside decisions in this match, which is which is big anyway. And if you think about it, it was Burnley of all teams that we caught offside seven times. <clears throat> and then um, Bart's when he did his rewatch, um, you paid particularly close of, close attention to this, didn't you, Bart? So not only the um, the ones the shots that were actually recorded, but the ones um, which where the shots weren't actually recorded in the data because the offside was given. Yeah, so um, Darth, as we normally do, have a little chat on a Monday. Cat, as I, he knows, I'll do a rewatch that around that time. So he, he gave me the the green shots to particularly focus on, and I basically just spent the time jogging it back and forth, trying to get a still image of whether or not that the it would have been offside if the shot had scored, and looking at the different phases, which for most of them, you know, was fairly straightforward. You know, um, if we first one there, which is on fourteen minutes. Uh, Josh Brownhill has a shot from the outside the area. Um, I think it's about a two two percent xG or something like that, a point two xG. So not not a great deal would have changed our. Yeah, Allison, Allison saves it, pushes it. Allison right. saves it, but but Vegforce is actually offside when he initially collects the ball. So that I I strongly believe I'm ninety percent certain would have been called offside. So Vegforce yeah. wins the ball from a from a, a long ball, channel ball, if you like, plays it back into. Uh, Brown, who then eventually has a shot, and he's offside when he gets that ball. So that that would have been uh, would have been called offside. He only had eight shots in the data anyway, so automatically then we're straight away down to seven shots. And you yep. know, to be honest, Phil, it's worth noting that before that first shot from Brownhill, there were a couple of actual in, in air quotes shots, but they didn't. Yep. They never actually counted because they were flagged for offside. Three offsides exactly. in the first twelve minutes. Yeah, which I and again I checked all those and that, and that, that I. I didn't look any other way, trying to be, you know, completely subjective to say, right, objective even, you know, were they actually offside and that, you know, that kind of thing. And and they were all, uh, first three there on the list were actually offside. 14, I thought was offside. Looked at 17. Um, and actually, when you look at the still, Matip and VVD are playing them on. So Maxwell Cornet hits a shot from the centre of the box um, and uh, from um, Lennon's pass and, and Ali saves it, but he was onside, although at the time there was history about it. Uh, 22 is the next one, which is Vekhorst, right footage, which is from the corner. Um, and we know that one. We know that's onside. Then you've got the, the big one, uh, which is a free kick on 28. So what I might try and do, if you can just talk a little bit through the chance for me, Dan, I'll try and put some images in the chat. Yeah, so this was this was a set play. Um, and Henderson got in. Yes, it was, yeah, where Hender got injured in, in, in the challenge, in the booked. Uh, and then the, the actual shot was from Jay Rodriguez, um, and it was from a Ben Mee knockdown, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, now, the contention here was over... Um, um, so the Knight touches the ball. Yeah. So oh, I can't get the thing to. I'll do it in a minute. So basically, the, the, there's four Burnley players offside from the free kick, the initial free kick. Okay. Uh, particularly number six at the bottom. 
Um, I can't get this thing to work, I'm sorry. So um, that's the first phase of play. So when the ball's knocked over, there's four Burnley players offside, okay? But what happens is, um, the, I think because of the weather, VVD is not too certain and goes to challenge, goes to win the ball that's gone through. And because he deliberately plays that ball, okay, and he flicks it into the path of the guy who takes the shot, which is J. Rodriguez, that becomes a second phase. And J. Rodriguez is actually level with BVD when that ball is flicked by BVD. So the whole thing resets on that flick because BVD is deemed to have deliberately played that ball. Therefore, yeah. that chance stands. That's like the one for Harry Kane um, the other year at Anfield in the 2 2, isn't it? With yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and we were debating this back and forth. And I, I went to a mate of mine, ref, who's he's just retired, but he was on a championship level Lino and a League One and Two ref. If you know the ref scene, that's how it works. Um, but, and he was like, yeah, if basically, if VVD left that, leaves that ball, he's offside. But uh, because VVD plays that ball and defends, um, it's, it, it, it's, it's onside. Basically, that's what he was, he was saying. He says it's a dumb roll as well, is what his words were. <laughs> so, but in a nutshell, all the other shots in the match after that are legit. Um, yep. And so, really, it would have been the Brownhill goal, if that had gone in the corner, would have been chalked off of VAR. All yep. the others were fine. So, it was in, in the end, the grand total for Burnley was seven uh, seven shots. And um, and their XG is pretty much going to stand as it is because it was the Veghorst big chance from the counter and, and, and the Rodriguez one from the um, from the from the free kick, which were the which were the majority of their XG. So that's the. Um... Can, I, can I just say, Dan? I, I can't, and I said this to Phil, and I think it's important because I think the listeners will be thinking the same thing. How does that become a second phase when it's the initial cross? It just gets a touch. He gets the slightest touch of Van Dijk, and then Ben Mee heads it back to Rodriguez. There's no, there's no change of phase. It's because he's deemed to be playing that ball. He's looking at the ball. He's not looking. He's not looking at anything else. He, he's he's looking at that ball. So even though he knows the player's there, right? It's not the player isn't impeding him. Number six we're talking about here isn't impeding yeah. the play. It's VVD has played that ball deliberately, and therefore it resets the whole thing. Okay. And that's and it, as as you know, he said it was a stupid. <laughs> Stupid another quote. <laughs> he said, um, that, so the letter, so the letter of the stupid law, I would probably say on side is how he finished it. So yeah, um, yeah there you go. It's uh, he gave he gave me another a couple of anecdotes about a Boxing Day game where a ball was whipped across the uh, the box. Uh, there's a player at the back post offside, and the defender puts it in front of G. And uh, they give it offside because obviously there's a player um, there. But the PM GML came out and said, no, that's incorrect. The player sliding in to defend it should have known the player behind him offside. So, yeah, it's the same sort of thing. There are some stupid rules out there that refs even say are stupid. Yeah. So, what, what we then want to look at then um, is um, we had seven offsides in this match. We, 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 we caught Burnley offside seven times. Um, and Burnley, con- Burnley created two chances in the end from, from three balls, basically exploiting the offside trap. So, um, what I've put into the group show chat, and I will share these on the from the Twitter account after the match as well, is is some analysis here on on on. I think what we, way we would call this, uh, Bart, is team style. Yeah, it's, very it's much so. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, the definition of a throughball, by the way, is from FB Ref, um, and it's a completed pass sent between the back defenders into open space, which is pretty much which was pretty much Burnley's game plan with our with with our high line. So um, the um, first of all, there's a scatter plot. Um, now this is every every um, team in the last four Premier League seasons. Uh, on the horizontal axis, uh, we've got the number of offsides provoked per game, um, uh, ranging from um, just under half an offside per game to almost five. And the vertical axis is the amount of through balls conceded per game, um, ranging anywhere between zero and two. Now, um, the, there's two areas of note on this um, t- uh, the first thing is 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 on the center of the chart on the right hand side you can see three liverpool seasons um pretty much on the average of um three balls conceded per game but way way more than any other team in terms of offsides um so that's the 1819 season the 1920 season and this season all very similarly clustered uh, now the second thing to note is there i put a circle at the bottom of the chart um, red circle with the word malfunctioning in there, which includes Liverpool last season, where the offsides were down and the through balls were up, which is basically the, your worst nightmare, uh, along with some other bad teams in recent Premier League history. So, but when you saw that, um, what 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 was your what were your takeaways? So I I, I sort of looked at that and it actually pleased me that sounds a weird word because if you take the COVID season out of it, which is last season um, with the injuries, is what with the the injuries and everything. Yeah. We've actually progressed as a side, yeah. So we've gone eighteen, nineteen. Is if you compare that to this year, we're further up. We're a lot more aggressive, if you like. Almost we're like one side per game more. Yeah. Yeah. So we've 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 refined that system. Um, we are all in, as you said, we're in the same place. So our pattern of play is the same. And I also that that showed to me the impact of having elite centre halves and not having centre halves. You know that that's a massive difference. Yeah. The other one I know it's I know it's a Liverpool pod, but it was West Ham. Look at the change of the change of them. They've gone from eighteen nineteen, like at the bottom of your circle of red, yeah. to now twenty one twenty two in the top half, passive defending and being compact. So yeah. that to me shows you the impact of a of a different size of play, a different type of manager and play. You know, so yeah, it was. I mean, City. I couldn't find a lot of cities apart from the twenty one twenty two, which yeah. is this season. But they're they're in the sort of. Semi-aggressive, semi-compact, aren't they? Kind of place. I think is that right? I think I really. So like yeah, one, yeah, and there's one other yeah. thing on there, which is there's a red X um, in the top right quadrant, uh, and that is that is the, the that is our data from um, just the starts from Fabinho and Thiago. So we're basically um, in term, like more like City, or in terms of very like City in terms of the compactness, in terms of um, not conceding through balls, but we've still got that um, ultra aggressive. Yeah, the more aggressive approach from catching teams offside, um, which is which is the ideal situation because you can, the reason why we try to reason why we try to do it is is it, it kills the attack at source with, with with catching the opponent offside and it allows us to compact the field for our pressing and you know and, and make get more um, production from our pressing situations. I think that's the the primary reason why we do it. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely, it's a key function of a Klopp side. We took, we've spoken a lot of time about. Catching characteristics of the side and that high line allows us to be compact we are aggressive it means our defenders have to defend big spaces but the the reward from that is that we're closer to goal you guys do with the pressing with the with the gen and the, and the amount of xg we get from counter pressing that is all part and parcel of this part of our game which is the defensive side of it if we had that cross there 
that's the best defence in the league. Yeah, it is. You know, that's us walking the league title. And and again, so we've shown, shown the attacking side of having those two playing in our side for a whole season. That's the defensive impact. Yeah. And yeah. Why, why, why do we think nobody picks up on this, Dan? Why do we think we keep getting... Because it's easy. It's I easy like. to say. It's easy, it's easy to pick up your wages and say, look at the high line through balls. And and as Dan says a lot, Darfy sort of no one ever chops in and take, takes those chances out of feed. They match the day and programs like that will show highlights reels of offside chances. That feeds yeah. into that narrative of our oh, Liverpool. It? it is pathetic. It feeds into the narrative of Liverpool got a problem defending. And I jokingly said, didn't I? Let's play bingo at match of the day two. <laughs> who's going to say? It. But you can literally play that every week. Or oh, Liverpool got ball to the to, to well, through ball to, to the honest. long ball. Can I just play devil's advocate here, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's like Oscar Wilde once said, there's only one thing worse than being talked about, and that's not being talked about. Now, the yeah, people, yeah. People, are, people, people are pushing this out there, right? But uh, if, if you've got a lazy team, a lazy analysis team, right, who just maybe buy into narratives more than actual analysis, so they, they might think that, oh, hang on, you know, we, Liverpool are vulnerable here. We can just sit the ball over the top and, you know, we'll, we'll get loads of, loads of joy out of it. And then all of a sudden they'll be offside 10 times and every attack will be breaking down. Anyway, just a just a yeah, no, no, I yeah. I mean, you'd hope that maybe if that would show you how good they are when this, we play them in the reverse fixtures, that they do the same tactics. But um, yeah, as Burnley just so doesn't work, does it? So the, the, the last thing I wanted to look at thoughts on AI pods. The last thing I wanted to look at was the the what I've called the Highline Risk Reward. Um, this is a this is a this is a different way of looking at the offsides and through balls. So what, what I've done on this one is I've gone through the match logs again on FB Ref and I've plotted the number of times we caught the team offside and the amount of through balls we conceded against that team's average. So when the blue bar is above zero, it means we've caught the team offside that many more times than the average times they've been caught offside in all the other matches they've played. So the blue line is, was the opponent caught offside more than normal? And the black bar is that, um, did the opponent complete more through balls than normal? And I would say roughly uh, three quarters of the matches where the system is working well, where we have caught the opponent offside significantly more than that team normally gets caught offside. And they haven't really... Um, had any success with the through balls situation either. And in many cases, at the bottom half of the chart, they're actually completing less through balls against us than they do normally. There's a handful of yeah. games at the top of the chart, the, the, the identity of which will not surprise you, where I've got the system as malfunctioning. And I think it's worth looking at those, isn't it, Bart? Yeah, I think the one that was a, I found that was trying to get me around a little bit, and then I understand it, but it was the Palace away, because it we caught them offside a lot, but they still had successful through balls. But we spoke about yeah. that at the time in the game, didn't we? So um, yeah, I think it's because they involved. But what interests me there is that both Palace games are in that, that top. Yeah, game. yeah. It must be something that we haven't picked up maybe on the way that Palace are playing. But we did note that Vieira has changed the way they're playing. And they, Gallag they Gallagher well. has been. They got pace, and Gallagher is is a key player. I mean, Side made the, the quite. He he made a claim that he's the best player outside top four or something like that. Or was did, it, or was yeah, it? So that could be a key part because that seems to be in his armory to play that type of ball. But um, yeah, no, I, I do think that shows very well. I think um, the games that we play well as well, and I think I think Side would have brought this in the combination of midfields in as well. Yeah, is probably worth saying. noting. Norwich, 
was a scratch team pretty much for the first game of the season, wasn't it? There was yep. what was it? What, what was it? Ox Milner and um, oh Naby, Naby, yeah Naby, Naby, yeah, yeah. Sort of basically scratch midfield there. Mm-hmm. They had some joy against us. Um, the two, the West Ham game that was just a car wreck of a match. You know um, that was Ox, it, Ox Hendo Fab. Yeah, uh, and then there we, had, we have the, the COVID effective game against Spurs without 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 BVD Fab and Thiago. You know, yeah. Try to take those three world class players out of your team. You know, try taking one out. It's difficult enough. Exactly. Um, so you know that one, which leaves us with the Brentford game, which is which is a famous one. We all know that was done to death, wasn't it? That was a bad performance. That was um, Fab Hendo CJ. Yeah, it was too attacking almost, wasn't it? We said at the mm-hmm. time on that part, the pressing was really poor as well in that game. And then the Man City game. Which was so, the same midfield, same yeah, midfield three. Yeah, but with that one, we cut, we again, we catch City offside more than they are used to, but mm-hmm. they ended up with three through balls more in that game than they normally have because they're just a brilliant team. And it, we, yeah. we weren't at our best as well. We weren't at our best and we didn't we didn't shut down the, as we as we covered in the pod, we didn't shut down the areas well enough to prevent the through balls. I think I think you summed it. You 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 actually mentioned my conclusion um, when you did the um, when you were talking before, Bart says that it's the importance of having elite centre backs, and I I just think that this the system is sensitive to quality. You need the highest quality in the team to make it execute in the way. If it's the quality is just one or two percent below. Um, as we talked about with the pressing and getting used to early in the system, early in the season, we're getting used to you bringing new players in, getting used to the effectiveness. If that, if the effectiveness of the whole system is down just one or two percent, that's all you need at this level. And I yeah, think it just you just need that absolutely top quality personnel and execution to make it work because it's a risky it's, game. Plan. I think it's also, I think it's the right profile of player. Do you know what I mean? That you could probably get away with a if a sub elite player matches the profile to fit that 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 position for us, then you'll get you won't lose that percentage. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So, like Gomez isn't an, isn't he's a good centre half, but he's not VVD. But v, but Gomez would work in this system, yeah. So I think Pep is often lauded for the way he coaches, but he has to have truly elite players for his system to work. And and Klopp's often shown as being the best coach and everything. But I think what you've shown here, Dan, is that actually. You still need Klopp. Still needs to have very, very good players to be able to understand his system to get it to work. Because if it drops down, we're not competitive. But if it works, we 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 are the best. Okay, and there you go, Gags. Absolutely fantastic, folks. Well done. Great pod. Great stats. I love the discussion there and the all the things you guys work really hard at. Really appreciate it. I'm not on the pods much, but I do try and listen when I can. And uh, you know, it just gets better and better. And obviously, Bart's is a Bartsy, as I want to call him or name him, <laughs> is, a, is a great addition as well. And uh, means nobody misses me, which is perfect because I really don't add as much as him. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's not so true, it's, it's great. not true, it's great. And um, thank you all as well. Uh, not been around, uh, Darth, you've been um, picking up the the hosting. Rhodes has been doing a lot of pressing as well, so it's it's just allowing me to have a life. That literally for ten years I did not have, actually. and and to be fair, it it's made a big difference to my life. So, and things are much better. So good, thank you. I appreciate it. So that's something from me to you all, and uh, Miss Sai as well. I haven't potted with Sai, so I think we did some fatigue index. So it's not too bad. Anyway, that was a great pod. Thank you so much. I wanted to just add. I thought Naby was great against Burnley, and uh, on an off ball. 
and very calm, especially weather conditions. Just some um, propaganda for Naby Keita. Just because, just because, um, a lot of people online are literally saying things like, oh my God, why are so many people going crazy? He played one game. Um, but <laughs> when there's players that aren't playing very well and in the same conditions, in the same game, yet the, the belittled Naby Keita had a, had, a, had a decent game and did everything very simply, smartly, and we won. We should call it out. We definitely should. Anyway, thank you, Darth. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you, Phil. Anything else from you guys before we go? Just a little thing that I think me and you are, me and should definitely, uh, like I just mentioned in the group, uh, a thing for the new free listeners on our pressing definitions just to get them up to speed because we know all the uh, subs probably know by now. Um, but if we can if we can get that done, that would be uh, a good little prime for everybody. Yeah, just say, Gags, I'll put the OPI reports in the under pressure chat as usual for people so they get to see the... Uh... The yeah. White Scout Ooh, yeah, reports. Yeah, White so. opposition reports for everybody. So uh, I'll go. chuck those in the under pressure for the subs. So uh, there you go. All right. <laughs> can I just give a big? Can I just give a massive, massive shout out to the AI video analysis chat? Um, keep your keep feet. Your unbelievable. Work. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable work. Um, that's actually club level quality analysis being done here for free by a subscriber. Unbelievable work. Keep your feet. Big shout out to Keepy Uppy, who's come back after a bit of a sabbatical. So, uh, and he's come back with a bang, absolutely adding he's something. He's on fire. To the... He's actually on fire. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And he's adding something to the subscriber area of Discord, which makes the the subscriber part of Discord a special place. You know, there's people like Keepy Uppy, Ramiz, loads of guys that stick around and you know help out and moderate stuff, or you know, yeah. and that's what we need. So, you know, you guys. Uh, very, very much appreciated subscribers by all of and, us. So, and I want to say, if if Bart's is posting the 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 under the Y Scout opposition analysis reports, they are anybody who is vaguely interested in tactics, opposition scouting, and looking to get. If you can get, if you see these reports here, they are unbelievable. At, you know, and so so comprehensive. So yes. By the way, one last thing we have to say about Keepy Uppy. He does all of that, all of those uh, videos on his, on his phone, not on a laptop. How the fuck does he do that? I you have no idea how he does that. I have no idea how you can do it on a fucking phone. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's why, remember when you came back, Bart's came back in the, in the chat and goes, by the way, Darth, uh, Keepy Uppy does it all on his phone. And Darth's like, what? <laughs> what the how? actual fuck? How? But yeah, there you go. That was some deserved praise for the uh, community. So if you do, you know, contribute to the community part of it, then um, we will we will do this more. Especially if you're doing stats type of or analysis type work. Um, yeah, we 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 absolutely do love to see that and people come to the fore. Um, someone like um, Old King Cole as well, like uh, Richard Coles. He's he was you know writing a lot of good posts in Discord. And uh, he started writing post-match for us on the site now as well. So things like that, really good stories, really good things. It's not Reverend uh, Richard Cole, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but basically, you've got to, um, you know, if you've, there's an opportunity here. If you're into the numbers, into the stats, into the analysis, you can, you can um, get that out there. We're happy to be the medium, happy to be that platform. So do give us a shout. We're writing a lot more. Rhodes is doing a lot more work, plugging our... our um, pods all of them as well doing articles quotes uh, we're making videos out of those so a lot more marketing going in so yeah we're working really hard to try and 
really you know push everything that everyone's doing so if you guys can do your part as well retweet our tweets um you know get people to join discord all that type of stuff would be great so we do appreciate all your support at the moment anyway everyone that's listening on discord live everyone that's paying the subs we really do this is what makes ai tick so thank you really is you know much appreciated and with that i'm going to leave you and love you these guys will see you next week all with better internet and like you know everybody the a team hopefully turning up okay (laughs) see you guys see you later we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds. And it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.